Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome again to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a conversation today that I think is going to both be inspiring and educational for everyone who's listening. You know, sometimes I have a lot of people on here who are are speakers or consultants or, you know, they've started their own business. But today we're going to talk to somebody who is in sort of what I would consider sort of a a salt-of-the-earth standard profession that is so important and it's something that everybody needs. And we often forget that people who work in jobs in like banking or finance or insurance, they're really entrepreneurial because they really sort of eat what they kill. And at the same time, they have to work with the public and be able to work with so many different people. So I'm really excited today to interview Danny O'Connell. And Danny is a partner with Benefits Resource Group, or BRG, and he is up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he's someone who I met at a conference that I spoke at last year. And sometimes when I go, I was actually the, the opening keynote speaker and the master of ceremonies for a conference called Top of the Table. It's part of the Million Dollar Roundtable organization, which is really where the top people in the world of life insurance are. If you are top of the table, it means that you are doing great things in the world of, of life insurance. And you know, whenever I go and I MC or I speak, sometimes there's someone on the committee who's sort of assigned to you to make sure you got, you know, everything, you know, going. And since I'm from outside industry that maybe I'm not uh, sitting or dining alone. And I think Danny drew the short straw and actually had to, you know, sort of be the person who had to, you know, make sure that over the three or four days that we were together that uh, I wasn't lonely. And uh, actually, he's one of those people who you just meet right away and you totally hit it off. And I can see why he is so successful in the insurance business because you instantly trust him and you instantly like him. And at that point, I said, I have to have you as a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Danny O'Connell, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Tom. That was quite an intro. And I would say that they probably gave you the short straw in babysitting me. (laughs) It's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, I I don't think I did justice to, to what you do. So why don't you tell everybody about your career and about what is Benefits Resource Group? Sure. So I joined a a family agency about 10 years ago. And over that time, I've really focused my career, my profession, especially over the last six years in helping employers and individuals understand the Affordable Care Act. It's unbelievably confusing. Uh, Politicians don't understand it. People on TV don't understand it. Well, we had to we had to pass it to read it. Right. We had to pass (laughs) it to understand it. Exactly. Uh, so I, I love it because it's a challenge. It changes all the time. Um, I'm kind of a natural problem solver. I love that, um, you know, flexing kind of your mental dexterity, if you will, and learning new things. And it's provided quite a challenge, obviously. So you've been doing this now for 10 years. And you told me before we sort of went on that before that you had sort of started a business with a friend. And before that you had worked in finance. So you've always sort of had this entrepreneurial sort of eat what you kill, carve your own path attitude since you got out of high school. Were you that way as a kid? You know, I was. You kind of laugh as a kid. You have to, you know, go door to door and get sponsors for a walkathon or sell Cub Scout popcorn or do whatever. And, uh, I, I hated it growing up and everybody told me, oh, you're going to be a natural salesperson. And that was like the worst thing I could think of to be. But yet somehow it just always drew me back in. And I think you hit it the nail right on the head. It's that 
you know, realizing the fruits of your labor and, um, you know, that self-motivation, it kind of gets you going and, and I've really enjoyed it. So, you know, what is it you think about, you know, being in a business like benefits and insurance that works well with your personality? Why are you so successful? Uh, well, the first thing, Tom, I would say it's the problem solving aspect of it. You know, somebody brings you a problem or a way that they're doing it and I've got to find a better way to do it, better way to solve that problem. And so, you know, maybe selfishly, a lot of it may be hubris and pride and, um, you know, it, but it's also the challenge of it and the thrill of kind of winning and coming up with those solutions and being able to help people uh, when they really need it, when they don't understand things. Well, and that's something I think we need to remember sort of as our society is lots of times when we think of entrepreneurs, we think of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs, but really the guy who is, you know, selling insurance and, and putting together the benefits package. I mean, really, they're doing the exact same thing. I mean, you're just as much of an entrepreneur as anybody, even though, you know, you've gone to work for a family business, you're really out there solving those problems and, and helping and helping people actually be able to get past the rough times, which is what I think about when I think about entrepreneurship, right? Right. And the other aspect to that as well, I'd say, is, you know, if I can come in and save a company 20% on their benefits cost, which is most often their second highest line item of expense, what does that mean for that business? You know, what is the, the next thing that they can do or the person that they can hire that can add value to their business and how can they grow? So what do you love about the lifestyle that you've created by, by being sort of this entrepreneur and being a partner in the business and being able to sort of carve your own path? What do you like about it? You know, over time, uh, I've gotten to a point in my career where uh, now I've got a good name and reputation in my industry. Many people will seek me out uh, to work together, or bring me in on cases. Uh, so it's not as hard as it used to be, you know, first starting out to get doors open. Um, I love the opportunities that I've had to go and speak, present, travel uh, more than you would think that a benefits person like myself would. It's just had, you know, new challenges at every turn. So, you know, it's interesting because I spent a huge chunk of my career being in a, in a sales-oriented job. And I think a lot of people sort of forget that you can make a lot of money and be very successful if you're a commissioned salesperson. So if somebody is in a job like that and just starting out, or maybe they're looking at, at moving into an industry where they're going to, you know, be the salesperson and, and actually eat what they kill, as we said earlier, what advice do you have for somebody who, who wants to go down this path? You know, in our industry, especially, it's going to take some time to get there. And unfortunately, a lot of the people enter uh, enter through working for a carrier instead of being the entrepreneur and going out and starting their own agency. So it's understanding that it's not necessarily going to be immediate, uh, you know, success. It's going to be slow and steady, but you can get there and you can certainly enjoy a wonderful lifestyle over time doing it the right way. It's taking a lot of pride in what you do. Um, you know, I try to do what is, the, and I always think of what's best and what's right for the client, uh, but then also being sure that what you're doing um, is doing it the right way. So, you know, it, it takes a long time to, to build up sort of a client base and, as you said, a reputation. What are some of the steps that you have to do to build that client base and that reputation? Sure. So when I set out and set for my goals, I knew what I wanted to be, and I thought about, well, how am I going to go about being that? And achieving that level. And so I kind of wrote down some different steps and I thought, okay, well, to be the absolute best at what I do, um, I need to get educated. I need to know things frontwards and backwards. 
I need to get out there and I need to talk and put myself out there. So I started contacting magazines and industry publications and saying, uh, you know, contacting the editor and asking them, what are you looking for? And so over the last six years, uh, I've written probably 25 to 30 different articles that have been published all over the country. So I got my name out there through print. I've gotten my name out there through radio. Uh, I started going out and really trying to speak at different places. You constantly have to be moving your comfort zone. You know, one of the first, and I know you can relate to this, Tom, one of the first times I was asked to come speak in front of a big audience, I was like, okay, you know, I put myself out here. They're calling me out. Now it's time to go. And you got to shake off the jitters and, and everything and just realize what a great opportunity it is. And uh, just constantly be expanding your boundaries. So I do a lot of work with attorneys and bankers and people in insurance. And one of the things I've taken to saying lately is let's imagine that in your case, your agency where you sell benefits and insurance, let's imagine it was 1957. What are the things you would have to do to promote yourself and promote your business if you lived and worked in 1957? And the answers are always just what you said. Well, I'd have to go speak at things. I'd have to write articles for industry publications. I'd have to be interviewed on the radio. Uh, and then I'd have to join industry associations and chambers of commerce. And basically, all the things that you've been doing to grow your business. And then my answer back is, well, we live in 2016. Why don't you pretend it's 1957? Because everybody's looking for sort of a shortcut. They think if they can tweet about insurance, they're going to you know, have this great career. But in reality... Times haven't changed. If you're going to build a sustainable business in an industry like you're in, you've got to go do the basic blacking and tackling you know, from the beginning. Do you agree? Absolutely. It's about relationships and trust. And that's earned, unfortunately, not through tweets, but through personal relationships and getting to know people. And over time, I can see those relationships change with my own clients. And I would say the social media aspect for me in my practice is really secondary. It helps me with what I call the soft touches so I'm staying in front of them and staying in, in contact with my clients. But through what I, the work that I've done, that's really solidified my reputation and helped to build that relationship. Well, and you're really involved with Million Dollar Roundtable. So why don't we talk a little bit about, first of all, what is it? I mean, it's, it's sort of an association, but why don't you tell everybody what Million Dollar Roundtable is? And then let's talk about why you're involved. Sure. So there's a number of associations uh, in our industry, and there's many that I'm part of. Million Dollar Roundtable is one of my favorite. It is an international association of really financial advisors and insurance professionals. Uh, they come from all different walks of life, all different types of practices. It is one of uh, the very few that is really out there based on production. So there's lots of different associations that you can join and have different causes, but this one you have to actually qualify for. You have to earn your way to be at the table, essentially. Correct. Absolutely. And so within that, there's the million dollar round table, the qualifying, and then the court of the table and the top of the table. And I guess I was very fortunate that within two months of getting into this industry and not having two nickels to rub together, um, my wife got pregnant and we had many children along the way. So it kept me highly motivated. So how, how many kids, right how many kids do you have? We have four. That's a lot of kids. That is a lot. Of kids. They, they know what causes that now, actually. So. The, uh, so four kids kept you motivated. It got you focused that you had to go out and do and, and do great things, right? Absolutely. They're not getting any cheaper. <laughs> yeah, trust me. My, I have one in college. You're, you don't even know what's coming down the pipe. So, so you, you reach this level called top of the table. So what is top of the table? 
So that represents like one-tenth of one percent of all the financial advisors uh, around the world. And meetings are typically held in North America. This year we're going to be meeting in Quebec, and I'm uh, actually the program chair, which means I have this awesome responsibility of putting together this meeting, the speakers, who, what, when, where, how, all of those fun things. That uh, It's been a great professional challenge. It's been really rewarding. And we'll probably have somewhere about 300 advisors from around the world, predominantly North America, but around the world that will come attend that. So I had the honor of, of being the opening keynote speaker and the master of ceremonies at this event last year. And what really sort of fascinated me about it was how committed everybody of those 300 plus people who were present, how many people were really committed to not just their own success and to be in that top one-tenth of one percent, you had to be very successful, but how committed they were to your industry. And you were sort of the poster child for that. And, you know, you were very committed to, you know, seeing the organization grow, seeing the people in the industry grow. So let's take this back a step. Why, if you got four kids to support and you're a partner in a family business that, you know, you, you're one of the leaders of, why and how do you have the time to devote to things like the associations you belong to and to groups like this. Why, why would you do that? Sure. So, well, how, first of all, I've got an amazing wife and a little bit of help back home who's very understanding and her father was in the business and very successful. So she saw that and she kind of understood some of those things that maybe a lot of spouses haven't seen, uh, you know, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Um, I've, you know, reached a level in my career that it's, it's time to give back, help others And also, just as the saying goes, you know, it's better to give than to receive. The more that I give and uh, the more I really learn from others and engage and interact from others, and I've become a better advisor, individual, and hopefully spouse along the way just being engaged in these activities. So that leads me to a question that I love to ask successful people, and that is how important then is this networking thing, right? I mean, because you're participating in these organizations and obviously some of the things you participate in your, within your own community are for the good of, uh, you know, meeting people who could be potential clients. But when you go to things like Million Dollar Roundtable and Top of the Table, you're cavorting with other advisors. So what do you get from networking with your peers and how important is that? Sure. So I think it's a spectrum and it is what people make out of it. So you could just show up, have a drink, glad hand, and that's it and say that you network but not really get anything out of it. Um, you know, when you really start to engage and ask people about what they do and how they do it and really get down to, to what it is that you're doing, that's when you can really learn and apply different concepts from the ways that other people can do it uh, and how they do it. You also develop relationships and friendships that will hopefully support you throughout the year. Uh, through MDRT, I've now met advisors all over the country that we don't necessarily do the same thing, but we're happy for one another when we succeed. We'll text each other, hey, I did this really, you know, I, I closed this really big deal I've been working on for a year or two years or three years, and I'm, you know, doing better and better, and we're genuinely happy for each other when that happens. So I've got some more questions for you before I can let you go, but first, I've got to thank the sponsor. And this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Danny O'Connell. 
Now, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Danny, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is something new and exciting and really cool that you're doing in your business right now? That's a great question. Uh, Our business and our industry is always changing. Uh, So we've diversified our business and we've started to do some new things like property and casualty, more life, disability and retirement plans. I think from a cool standpoint, we're a boutique agency. We're not some huge nationally publicly traded firm, uh, but we're not some individual just working out of their home. And we're really starting to develop uh, the back end, uh, some more support features for our clients that they that they need. And I think will be important moving forward from compliance to technology to HR solutions that you don't see too many agencies in our size really take on or add for value. Uh, And so for us, it's exciting to see us start to move forward uh, and really, I think, be even more competitive in the future. Uh, with larger agencies. So what is the, the the hardest part about expanding and growing and offering new products and new product lines? I'd say finding the right people. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have very exacting standards. Um, most of them that I know, you know, they want it done a certain way and you're representing yourself and representing your company and your brand. It's finding those people that um, are open to being coached Uh, that can represent your brand well, that you can support and train and mold in the right way and that are willing to to give back to you as well. So, and what is the most exciting part then of of seeing this potential growth? You know, it's seeing the impact in individuals' lives, in our clients, the people we serve, but also in our team members. When you can bring somebody into your organization and really start to see them develop as an individual, take more on, grow, and then see the effects of the bottom line and how your your organization continues to grow. So you know that you're doing good in someone's life, but then financially you're also succeeding as a firm. So who is the ideal client that you and your firm work with? And is it geography? Is it is it the the greater Dallas Fort Worth area, or do you work all over the state? Do you work all over the country? Who's who's the ideal people, and, and whereabouts would they be located? Yeah, so we work with people all over the country. Predominantly, most of our clients are in North Texas, but we've had Wisconsin, Massachusetts, Oklahoma, New Mexico, uh, all over the place. And it's typically going to be an employer, you know, that maybe has 10, 25 to 200 employees. Um, ideally, somebody that has, uh, you know, they they want it. They have a passion for taking care of their people. They want it done the right way, and they might have somebody in their organization has some experience with HR and just um, is looking for something fresh, cutting edge, and a different approach. Well, I would imagine that, that some of the listeners of this show fit into that, and I know a lot of the listeners of this show are looking forward to grow into that. So uh, they need to scribble down your name and contact information. If somebody is looking for you know some help and some guidance with their benefits or with their you know general insurance for their company and life insurance for themselves and their key employees, how do they find you? Sure. So online, it's www.brg, and then it's a hyphen, like a dash, tx, as in Texas, dot com. And our phone number is 214-750-7557.
Now, you're also on Twitter, I know, because we talked a little bit before about meeting face-to-face, but you do a pretty good job of using Twitter as a way of continuing to cultivate relationships because we've kept in touch, not predominantly, but often via the the tweets. And so what, how do they find you on Twitter? Sure. So it's at Danny underscore O'Connell. And O'Connell, just like it sounds, two N's, two L's. You got it. O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Excellent. So... I think that in addition to building great businesses like you have done and, and things like that, I think the best entrepreneurs, I also think that they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come onto this show, who is it out there you see outside of your business where you think, wow, they're doing something cool? I mean, that's a great question. And what I love to see are the younger people getting into the business world that are starting up their own ventures, but that really have a global awareness um, of society. And you look at companies like Life is Good, um, Tom's, uh, Charity Water, and a lot of these were started just by young individuals in their 20s that took a totally different direction with their life of what they were doing, socially conscious, and have created great companies to work at, work for, and give back to society. Awesome. Well, in addition to being great observers, I also think that entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. They, they want to leave their mark on the world. So my favorite question to ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? You know, there's so many things that we try to do. Um, for example, you know, just at our church and school, I helped start a Cub Scout pack two years ago and watched that grow and really try to help and develop young people. Um, in my organization, one of the things that I'm committed to is really adding value to people's lives. And that's people that work in our organization, people who are clients of ours, uh, really try to add value to what it is that they do. And there's a number of different ways that's done, you know, donating to charities and giving back. Uh, currently, I'm the president of my Rotary organization here in Dallas. And, uh, you know, you just try to do what you can. But um, it, it's a lot of fun as well, and I think people who do give back enjoy doing so. And I think, unfortunately, you look in the world today and not, a, not enough people um, take time out of their schedules to be a part of something that is just bigger than themselves and, and try to give time or some resource back to somebody else. Well, and you also mentioned, you know, starting the Cub Scout pack and being involved, you know, with the things that your kids are involved with. So you have four kids, which I, I joked is a lot, but I guess in the big scope of the world, it's not a lot. My mom was one of 10 kids. So, you know, four seems relatively small. I was one of four, but I only have two. So that's 100% more kids than, than I had to deal with. <laughs> but, you know, that brings up another question that wasn't something we sort of talked about before or wasn't all my normal questions. But how do you balance? And you said earlier that your wife's a big help, but how do you balance growing a, you know, a major career and doing big things and having employees and running everything and volunteering. How do you balance that with four kids and all the things that they need? Yeah. So I might not do it as well as I should, um, but the organizations and the activities and things that we schedule our children in, um, we try to schedule them so that most activities are on the weekends so that I can be there and be a part of it. Um, yeah, I might not make every practice. I make them the majority of all the games and things that I can you know, there's some work travel that gets sprinkled in there that may take me out of things. Um, but, you know, with having that many kids, it's divide and conquer anyway. Uh, so you do the best that you can. I've, one of the things that I really tried to do this year, Tom, was be at home for four dinners a week and have four family dinners with my kids. 
So you figure at least twice a week, if not three times a week and, you know, once or twice on the weekend. And uh, the kids love it. They get a big kick out of it. We play a little high-low game and uh, it's just spending that quality time with them. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I travel a lot and, you know, I worry about it sometimes when the kids were younger about how much I traveled. But what the kids noticed was when I was home, I was home. And while I was away a lot, when I was home, I could drive to their, you know, I could drive them to school. I could, you know, run the lunch over if they forgot something, whatever it was. So there is, there's always a balance because if I had a regular job, I, I would be gone all day and I wouldn't be home when they got home from school. So, you know, you just, I think the answer to that from my standpoint is no one's perfect at it and there is no balance, but you do what works for you, right? That's right. So before we go, I'm going to kind of put you on the hot seat here. Let's fast forward 30 years. It's your retirement dinner. And at your retirement dinner, there's some, you know, couple of new employees, bright eyed, you know, fresh haircuts, 25 years old. And they're sitting there and they say, you know, Mr. O'Connell, what advice would you have if I want to have a career as successful as yours? What would you tell them? I would say find something that you are absolutely passionate about, that you get up and you love to do and do it with all that you can and just be your best in that. Awesome advice and a great way to end the show. So Danny O'Connell, thank you very much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. That was my pleasure. Thank you. Now, we talked about it for a few months, and this was a great interview, and I'm sure that everybody's going to have taken away some nugget of information and some nugget of inspiration from listening to this episode. So thank you to everybody who tuned in, because as I always say, without the listeners, there would be no show. Follow us on Facebook. We're trying to get a little bit more traction on the Facebook page, and you coming on and liking it and leaving a few comments would be excellent. Jump on over and, and send a message on Twitter. I am at CoolPodcast or at Tom Singer. Either one will work out great. And then if you like the show, go over to iTunes and leave a review. I haven't said this in a few episodes, but you know, if for no other reason, it makes me really happy when a new review goes up. And why wouldn't you want to take like two minutes just to make me smile? Come on, leave a review for the show and let us know what you think about it. And then if you're interested in getting involved with the Cool Things Project, which is the group coaching program that we started a couple of months ago, we're starting to have some really good traction. And I think now is the time to join. You hear me talk about it on a lot of the episodes, but go over to TomSinger.com, go to the drop-down menu where it talks about uh, about Tom, pull it down, and there's a thing that says Group Coaching Program. You'll find out all the information. We meet every week for a little chat, a video chat with about, you know, I don't know, about six, seven people. And we go through what people are doing. We talked about ways to be accountable for the next week. And then we have a private Facebook page where people share kind of what they're doing throughout the week. And it's starting to get some really good traction. And I'm really proud of the group. And I would love to have anybody out there join. I think it's very affordable for the value that you're getting. So join us in the Cool Things Project. So we're going to be back right here on iTunes or Stitcher, however you get the show. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Danny O'Connell. But in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.